0: By the way, I think you should start this episode by talking about what's happening right
1: here. <laughs> I I I can't t- deny that I saw them when I walked in and I said, Mary, Mary, mother of Mary Ann, um, I haven't seen those types of donuts in a while.
0: Let's say, let's say, well, these kind of donuts were invented about the time that Star Trek started showing on TV.
1: <laughs> I didn't know that.
0: Well, that's a lie. But I, just I was tying it in. It,
1: I mean, I'd buy it though, Ron. I mean. Yeah, you sold it. <laughs> I, you had me captivated. Um,
0: okay, now the the studios had a lot of smells in it. <laughs> Believe me, a lot of different kinds of smells. I can imagine that crackling could probably be a little bit distracting to your to your discussion today. But <laughs> before you guys take your schmucks off, watch this. I'm gonna show you what you do with a glazed donut. This Mm. is what you do. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh.
1: That is an experience. (laughs) (laughs) Really one. Would you guys like a donut? Roger, zero G and I feel fine.
0: Two one zero, all engine running.
1: Lift off, we have a lift our, our lovely, our lovely. <laughs> Gracious uh, host and engineer uh, grabbed a lovely selection of donuts yep. um, <laughs> as he was walking out the <laughs> door. <laughs> one for bro and one for Ron. All right. Yeah. yeah. Ron uh, did show us the proper way to eat a glazed donut right before we started. Yes. And
2: yes. I, I feel forever changed.
1: Uh, <laughs> I've never eaten a donut quite like that before.
2: Ron's a man who enjoys his donuts.
1: Um, so I'm going to try it with this one right okay. now. Okay. Ready?
2: Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. That was um, specific. <laughs>
1: I see why he does it that way. Yeah. It is quite enjoyable. It
2: enhances it. Yeah.
1: It does enhance the experience. <laughs> Computer,
2: enhance the donut. Enhance, enhance,
1: enhance, enhance. <laughs> 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 All of this is going in.
2: All of this is going in.
1: It needs to. Yeah. Um, hey, welcome to Tech Trek Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jeff Kirk.
2: And I'm your other host, Jenny Shaw Kessler. Yeah,
1: we're here in a beautiful space. You might notice that we might sound just slightly different than we normally uh, do, like
2: ten thousand times better, maybe.
1: Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna try to give us a scale to work with. I think ten thousand times better is a <laughs> nice, yeah. a nice round number to that, Jenny. Um yeah. We are. Just very fortunate to have a chance to, to actually um, do a couple things that we haven't done in yeah. a long time in the history of this podcast. One, um, record in a studio. Right. Which we've never done. Right. Um, two, um
2: Record in person. Record
1: in person, which we haven't done since our first episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Faithful Tech Trekkians out there, we appreciate hanging on with us while we navigated Zoom and Skype and everything else in between. Right. Um. But this is, a, this is a great opportunity. We're so excited to bring you uh, today's Tech Trek podcast as well. Jenny?
2: Yes. And we are in our Carriage House studio with Real Grey Records. Good friend Ron Flack yep. and his partner Bo. Bo. Bro. I'm so sorry. Bro.
1: His partner is named Bro.
2: Yeah. and uh, Not Bo. Right. And they, Bo's my cat. Bo doesn't they know. They look a lot alike.
1: Bo don't know Bro.
2: No. <laughs> No, he sure doesn't. But he'd bring him half a dead chipmunk if given the chance. So,
1: And, and they'd probably both accept it.
2: I don't know. Maybe if it was a donut chipmunk.
1: Ooh. <laughs> a donut in the shape of a chipmunk? Or I'm right intrigued. A...
2: <laughs> or a chipmunk a in chi... the shape of a donut.
1: <laughs> that would be some food artistry to shape a chipmunk like a donut. <laughs> I'd like a... to see it.
2: Yeah, it's enough to make you sick, which brings us to our topic of it this does. episode. Are a
1: very timely topic, I think too. Yes, um, and it's not it's not too far off the beaten path for where we've been on, on several of our episodes. Mm-hmm. I think just in thinking about the timeliness of our uh, what do we want to call it? unprecedented times, nah, Jenny? Or I don't
2: want to call it that anymore. Okay,
1: we'll just call it the times.
2: The stay at home times.
1: Yeah. We'll just call it the, <laughs> the times. Quarantines. Yeah, <laughs> the quarantine <corn> times. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> <laughs> the
2: quarantine Yeah.
1: So. Um, So, yeah, today we're talking about the Doctor. Yes. For lack of a better word, the Emergency Medical Hologram.
2: Right. The EMH. The
1: EMH and the ECH. Right. Lesser known, but still very prominent in the series, um, the Emergency Command Hologram as well. Right. Um, Played to several, um, several of my favorite types of themes in the series. And I think several themes that are pretty much our favorites, when we think about technology mm-hmm. and problem solving and user experience right. and <laughs> product testing and, I mean, just uh, the wealth of the way that that was used in Star Trek
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, makes this one of my favorite things of all time.
2: Yeah. Well, and if you think about when we talked about the tricorder and how it was there to save time and provide the medical database and the quick, like diagnoses so that the doctors can get on with the healing part of it we've gone to the next level where there's a personification of the tricorder so to speak yeah that is uh much much more capable capable
1: yeah and i think you know we we only saw we only saw him used in sort of a one-dimensional way which is funny because he was a three-dimensional hologram but (laughs) just kind of you know i'm not trying to blow everyone's mind there too much and um Sure. But, you know, he was used essentially as the only medical professional on the ship.
2: Yeah, Voyager.
1: Voyager, you know, with the catastrophic loss of life.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they lost more than half their crew, I think, when they slipped into the Delta Quadrant. Yeah. Um, and the, the first time, like, when they run into this crisis, like, the, the holographic doctor appears. And he always says, please state the nature of your medical emergency. As yeah, part of it. Every his. single time. <laughs> yeah. And uh and and he was very much uh you know, it was only supposed to work for a certain amount of time. I think like uh fifteen fifteen hundred hours. And then they'd fizz- they didn't, this program would fizzle out. <laughs> so it was really supposed to be temporary, uh, more like a database, uh you know, and the the do- the emergency medical sorry, the emergency holographic doctor was created in the image of his creator, Doctor Zimmerman.
0: How convenient!
2: Right, uh, <laughs> he made it look like him, it sound like him, it has a little bit of his
0: personality. I think, too. Yeah, I
1: think there was a good mix of his personality in there, which yeah. was rather um, irascible, is the word that comes to mind a yeah. lot of times for me. <laughs> yeah,
2: and this this was what the twenty fourth century, I guess. But um, earlier on, like the first kind of consideration of a emergency medical hologram, not necessarily thought of that way, was. Commander Trip Tucker on Enterprise. Mm. Um, uh, they had run into some, uh, an engineer who had programmed several holograms of his former crew to keep his do- daughter company. Liana, did you watch Enterprise?
1: I, I've watched it, but not up to that point yet.
2: Oh, spoilers.
1: It's okay. It, <laughs> there's, look, there's a statute of limitations when it comes to spoilers. I know. Right? The show has been, has been off the air for, what, 10 years?
2: enterprise probably.
1: Yeah. So I I pretty safe to say yeah. that um I'm okay with you okay. having that spoiler okay. in there. Um <laughs> yeah. I'll live. All right. Um
2: Well then after <laughs> after that, um you know, having the the holograms keep that guy's daughter company then Spock talked about having, you know, who's like I wish computer programming had advanced farther to replace the starship mm. surgeon, which of course McCoy wasn't not McCoy. <laughs> McCoy
1: would not have. Uh, he would not have been there. Yeah, that, that w- would have been a very much a no for yeah. him.
2: <laughs> he said he'd rather be re- he'd rather resign than be replaced. Which I'm not sure <laughs> what the difference of those things is because I mean.
1: But do you actually ever like officially completely resign from Starfleet? I don't think you do. They always they always come back. They do. They well, always come they back, do. Jenny. It's like it's like a furlough. It's not really a resigning,
0: Oop.
1: right? Yeah. Uh, from what I've seen, at least that's my <clears throat> my experience with it. it they right. they say they're resigning. It sounds really nice and formal, but I don't I I don't buy it anymore.
2: Well, I, I think that's also coming from a place of traveling as fast as the speed of plot. Like I think um,
1: <laughs> our favorite device. <laughs> yeah, I I
2: think a lot of times they you know people kept coming back from original series to next generation, for example. True. To like. I don't know why almost
1: half of the command crew. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Like why? Was it fan service? Did those guys, you know, miss being involved? <laughs> um, they like, really like they're when they show up again it's it's kind of corny, but they
1: left the keys in the locker and they had to go <laughs> back and get it. Yeah, it
2: was my wallet. <laughs> I left my wallet on the ship.
1: There was my my one copy of my book that I left here and I needed to go back and grab it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um but eventually like uh in the mid 24th century, they were able to, the hollow engineer, Dr. Louis Zimmer, Zimmerman.
1: Say that one 20 times fast. Louis Zimmerman. You didn't say it 20 times I'm fast. I'm not
2: going to say it 20 times fast.
1: Okay, fine. Uh, <laughs> I, was, I was trying, folks.
2: Okay. <laughs> you don't want to hear that. Just replay it if you do. Um, Louis Zimmerman. Yeah, he was at the Jupiter Station Hollow Programming Center uh, working on the new EMH
1: program. Also convenient.
2: Right. Well, I mean, he went there to build it. Like, yeah. He was an into hollow engineer, went to that place. To yeah, convenient. It's well
1: I mean, that it's called the hollow engineering station is pretty convenient. I think. Yeah. For doing hollow engineering. <laughs>
2: yeah, that's, yeah, that's kind of the point. This uh, <laughs> is my thought. I'm, <laughs> I'm <laughs>
1: okay. not being negative, just you know, <laughs> just pointing out the obvious.
2: <laughs> right, right. Well, he had a holographic assistant. Um, that helped him out with stuff. It's
1: true. We did meet the holographic assistant yeah. at one point, didn't we?
2: We did. And I'm trying Haley.
1: Haley, that's right. Haley. Which is a good good sci fi yeah. callback name. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously. So tip of the hat. The tip of the hat one. little thing there.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um she was you know, she helped him out and helped him design the first EMH. And they modeled it after Zimmerman because yeah. like you know, engineers.
1: <laughs> yeah, because Legacy they don't, they don't really have much of an art streak in them, I would say most of the time engineers, they're amazing at what they do. Yeah. I'm not an engineer. Uh-uh. But they're not maybe known for artistry. Plus you count they make, engineering as artistry. But they make, they make artistry work.
2: Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
1: And that's, that's pretty amazing. But, so I, it's funny that, you know, I guess with lack of other creative imagination to yeah. go with what he had just created just i'll just make him look like me
2: yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so they they brought about the hollow program the voyagers emh now e- have, emh mark 1
1: okay so that was mark 1 mm-hmm. so that was that was going to be a good um sort of lead in for my question here Yeah. because i don't remember any other references to an emh like being active prior to that,
2: right? Well, I think that it was early times for them, and uh, they didn't have it fully implemented uh, throughout the start throughout the fleet. Yeah, it was. I think this was like, I think Voyager was kind of a a new
1: Voyager type. was a new type of ship. Yeah, even. Uh, it had the ability to, you know, it, it had the the gel packs, the bio gel packs for mm-hmm. for power. It had landing capability. Yeah, which was good for plot. It had, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It was
2: smaller, faster. It was
1: smaller. It was faster. It could fly in the atmosphere as opposed to just being on orbit. You know, there were some really cool things that it could do that other ships didn't. It was so. I think. I think you know, introducing the EMH into that is a really cool way to continue to drive that innovation forward. Right. That they wouldn't have normally have had in there. Mm -hmm. Um, So, talk to me about a little bit of um, where where we would have. Normally I've seen an EMH be used before we saw how it was used in Voyager.
2: Well, the intended usage of it was um, if the medical crew was either overwhelmed or missing or not there, like you can engage this, uh, the emergency med- medical hologram, the EMH, uh, to... Yeah, we can just say EMH. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a mouthful. <laughs> So uh, you can engage that to help with... Uh, you know, help the group when there's you know lots of injuries and that kind of thing. Um, so what it like? What you could count on when you engaged the EMH is uh, they had incorporated in them the entire Starfleet medical database. Wow! So everything, and and it also had you know two thousand medical references like Grey's Anatomy and the comparative alien physiology.
1: Okay, I've not read that one. Okay, yeah, me neither. <laughs> I, didn't, I haven't read I didn't, Grey's Anatomy. Jenny shot me a look as if she was expecting me to, to maybe have read it. Yeah. Um, I've not read okay. it. I, yeah. I'll come on record right now. <laughs> <laughs> I've not read the comparative <laughs> alien physiology yeah. one. <laughs>
2: there was also like 5 million medical protocols ranging from possible treatments to surgical procedures. Okay. One of them uh, that Dr. McCoy developed, too, they, they had. And there was like... Um, Forty-seven. The experience of forty-seven individual medical officers.
1: That's pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean to think about that level of of development and technology to go into again something that we've talked about as a recurring theme here. Yeah, using that that avenue of technology in a way to free up the medical team. Right. I could see this as like. Yeah, we're overwhelmed. We need someone to start triaging like crazy mm-hmm. right now,
2: right? And also, universal translator.
1: Yeah, he had that built in as well.
2: And finally, like the the most important piece was that he was programmed with he was programmed with the Hippocratic
1: Oath. So it wasn't just straight, just code. Like they they programmed in like a moral code as well. Yeah,
2: yeah, behavioral code. Yeah, uh, which the Hippocratic Oath, of course, is above all else: do no above harm. Above all else, do no harm. Right. right. So. It, it could make decisions, you know, with that in place. That's pretty amazing.
1: Right. That to to layer that on top of the experiences of forty seven mm-hmm. personnel, for example, with all of the 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 medical dictionary and and experiences and mm-hmm. surgical techniques and everything else. Yeah. To know that it was being led by a moral sort of connective mm-hmm. code. Yeah, that, that's that's guiding all of those actions,
2: right? I mean, just think about it too, like when you think about underserved areas mm. in our uh, now, like, even now, right? Yeah, I mean, they can't get people into rural areas or you know, yeah, uh, you know, underprivileged or you know, poor areas. Um, it just the the capability of having an EMH in place, even when you had like no doctors at all, right? Like, this would be an amazing leap forward.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it seems it's one of those things Whoopsie. where it's... it's. I don't like to use no-brainer a lot of times. Mm-hmm. um, Because I'm a pretty introspective type person. <laughs> <laughs> but this does kind of feel like a no-brainer to me. Yeah, Like, this is one of those things... It's so fundamental to human survival or... If we want to go outside of human, since we've talked before mm-hmm. about that, it's so beyond basic survival. Yeah, this is something where we are meeting a need with a technology that's revolutionary. It could have been done. It could have been developed for anything.
2: Yeah, but the medical. And, piece. But the medical
1: and... piece is what drove it forward. Yeah, which is just astounding to me.
2: Yeah, and you know, it's it, it's the EMH was supposed to be just a short term, get you through the crisis. And then put them away. Yeah. So uh, so
1: give us some context there. Um, you said fifteen hundred hours. Yeah. Right? That's
2: like it's sixty two and a half days. Yeah. Uh, which is a couple months plus. Yeah. Uh, but then memory degradation would start to occur. So on the on Voyager of course of course there was more than that t- amount of time. And well didn't... yeah
1: they they were I mean for seven years yeah they were stuck.
2: <laughs> yeah, and they they worked around it. Of course. It's, it's you find the problems in Star Trek, but yeah. um, they, uh you could, the, the, sorry, the EMH is also supplemented with uh, contingency programs and adaptive programs to learn while serving as a supplement of a normal medical staff in cases of emergency.
1: So it was learning while it was, mm-hmm. while it was still being like active code, it right. was learning. Right, yeah.
2: Yeah, it had, Whoa. <laughs> get this. <laughs> 50 million gigaquads of computer memory.
1: I can't picture that.
2: I can't either because I couldn't figure out what a quad is. It's a lot? Probably. Yeah. Like is it a is it what is it? How is it in byte? I don't know how many bytes. What's well,
1: what is. it's like a, the other term I like is like teraflop. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've got 16 teraflops of memory. Wow. Yeah. Man, that's Sounds uh
2: Sounds painful. Yeah,
1: I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm sorry? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I should apologize. Yeah. So 50 million gigaquads. Yeah,
2: and I don't know what a quad is, so it's 50 million of them.
1: So I even, assume
2: it's bigger than a byte.
1: Yeah, I would imagine a quad is bigger than a byte. If you know out there, comment. Yeah, let us know. know. <laughs> Put it on our <laughs> Facebook page. Uh, comment on the podcast. Yeah. Let us know what a quad is, and then what a gigaquad is then yeah. is, a, is a level of multiplication to that number yeah, times 50 million. Yeah, so that's pretty big no matter what it is. I'm
2: already exhausted yeah. from the math.
1: <laughs> Jenny Jenny's over there with her thinking. eyes kind of oh. like a little bit rolling off to one side. <laughs> She's holding onto the wall for support.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah,
2: so, but um and they they also could operate as a counselor to not a counselor but like they could recognize if somebody was starting to lose it. So they, they had they, a little they, bit
1: of a like a almost like a behavioral yeah. psychiatry type of background yeah. in it as well. Yeah, if
2: you think of what a general practitioner or primary care doc would go through for training, sure. Uh, they they would get a little bit of psychology mixed that, in with
1: it. It goes into a little bit of our backgrounds, our shared backgrounds yeah. together. With yeah, learning learning about a little bit of the residency world and,
2: mm-hmm. and <laughs> yeah, doctors and training and how yep. you, you know, medical school you sort of dabble in all all of those in your third year, and once you get to residency. Pick a path. But if you're in primary care, you're always going to sort of be yeah. having a more broad knowledge yeah. about, um, you know, medical doctor stuff.
1: Yeah. So so we've talked a little bit about the tech itself, We mm-hmm. you know, had an, just an astounding amount of memory yeah. like developed and, and, and devoted to it. Um, it seemed like even though it was a Mark I. Mm-hmm. which is a testament to the fact that there were other Marks after it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, again, spoilers, right? <laughs> uh, but um, for a Mark One, it seemed tremendously developed.
2: Yeah. Yeah, well, they started off with uh, Haley right, yeah. as a sort of an engineering assistant and yeah. then used a lot of what they did for Haley for the Doctor. Um, and when it first came out, like a lot of... People doctors were like, not gonna, not, not gonna, gonna use it. it. Yeah, um, Crusher swore she would never
1: really use one. Yeah, even Crusher. Yeah, that's surprising. I mean, I, I mean I, we obviously talked about McCoy. Yeah, saying I'll just resign. Right, but but I'm surprised with Crusher because she seemed so uh, like able to embrace new stuff.
2: Yeah, I don't know about that. I think she could be kind of a like. Um, I feel like certain age or certain point, doctors become very much like this is the way, (laughs) and like, and I can understand like you spent your entire life learning, and they want you to be a lifelong learner. But at some point, you're just like, nope.
1: Yeah, I'm done. I'm done. I just, I I can't do anymore. Yeah, Yeah. and
2: I'm not gonna take one more piece of technology into my practice. Okay,
1: Um, so it's like, like even like right now, resistance to. Converting everything to electronic medical records right. and that kind of stuff. Right, Yeah. I, I mean, just, no, I'm not using a laptop in my exam room. I'm just not, okay, there's yeah. a laptop in my exam room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: like,
2: it, there's a lot of resistance. But she did eventually use it when they were trying to get away from the Borg. I mean, I mean desperate times. You're going to have to at yeah. some point, right? Like, it's... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, she, uh, she used it to create a distraction so that... Uh, the sickbay crew could get away before they got assimilated. So, I mean, that's... I'm
1: never going to use the satin. nav in- Okay, I'm going to use the sat-nav in my car. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> so, but eventually, the Mark I is retired because of its r- poor bedside manner.
1: Yeah, I mean... He- arrogance. <laughs> arrogance, I think, is another good word, yeah. right? I-, I like that you said arrogance there, because it- he did... He was very, like, full frontal assault yeah. of arrogance. Like, oh, yeah. there was no, like... Even just the state and nature of the medical emergency. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like, how can we help you? Right. It was state and nature of the medical emergency. Yeah. I'm the expert. Get out of my way. Right. <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> right. Well, of course, the doctors didn't like him. Um, there were some nicknames for the EMH. Really? <laughs> yeah.
1: I don't think I've ever seen this.
2: Emergency medical hotheads? <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's a really good one.
2: <laughs> and uh extremely marginal house calls.
1: Extremely marginal house calls. Wow.
2: Yeah. Doctors Man. hated 'em.
1: Yeah. I am I'm definitely picking up on
2: that. And this is how much people hated them. Like Dr. Zimmerman wanted to get them decommissioned, but Starfield's like, no, we're gonna reassign them to work, the waste transfer barges and lithium mining.
1: Wow. So, so yeah.
2: All of that medical knowledge, all of that, like, now they're in the mines on the Now, they're just, <laughs> now they're just working mines. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Wow. That is... <sighs> Discouraging?
2: Yeah. Well, you know, they didn't all end up that way, right? The doctor on Voyager, that was
1: eight years. Yeah, and that was...
2: Almost continuously running for eight years.
1: That's some amazing... <laughs> <laughs> that's some amazing engineering yeah like right. I said it's not maybe artistry but man that is like brute force like we called back to last time but that's some like brute force right engineering
2: well and he had some help from like balana right yeah. she yeah. they they had to um exceed the abilities of his original programming yeah they had they had to expand everything to keep him you know keep him running
1: yeah so um which the ship was able to do.
2: Yeah. And the people on the ship. Who yeah. And the, could, and
1: the crew who yeah. used their innovation and their brains to do it. And, right.
2: And, uh, and by the time that, I think by the close to the end of that voyage, like, um, he wanted to get the rights of a living person.
1: That's right. I remember that episode. Yeah. Uh, that story coming through. And, and um, there were shades of, is this, you know, is this similar to Data?
2: Yeah. Right? A little bit.
1: It was a little bit, but I think the outcome was different. Yeah. And I and I'm okay with the outcome being different right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um I well, think I think we had you know, with the with the doctor, with the EMH, you had a program mm-hmm. that by the end of the voyage did not resemble the original version of no. that at at any again like in any possible way. Except yeah. for maybe the facial characteristics, right?
2: Yeah. Well, and the the guy that uh, the arbiter that determined that he wasn't, you know, human or a living person, um, did say that the doctor fulfilled the requirements of being an artist under the law.
1: That's interesting. Yeah. So, although he wasn't a living being, he did qualify as an artist. He
2: did. He did, and that and that arbiter did, you know, say, you know, you should try to get recognition as a sentient being, uh, so that you know, the Starfleet wasn't ready for him to be considered fully a person. Yeah. But just an artist. <laughs> like, just like, oh, is that a kind of some shade? On yeah. The a little I, bit?
1: I kind of feel that like there's a little bit of that. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's a, you think about the culture and what it's ready for and, uh, like, what what would happen if you give a holographic doctor, you know, the rights of a person? I don't
0: know.
1: I, don't no, know. I think they're they were probably envisioning Blade Runner, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But there was no Harrison Ford in this to, no. to help out with that. So, no. um, so, so talk to me a little bit about what you would think. We talked. We said you know, extremely marginal house calls. Yeah. And emergency medical hothead, but like overall, o- user experience with the EMH. <laughs>
2: Um, It's tough, right? It is. It is because, I mean, he ended up being extremely useful.
1: Uh, I would say, I mean, the word might be overused at times right now, but essential. Yeah. Um,
2: Well, and and to kind of look behind the curtain for a moment, um, I read an article with Robert Picardo, who mm. played the doctor. And um, he was kind of bummed about getting that part. He was. He went up for Delix. He turned down the doctor. Oh, he
1: he turned that part down.
2: Yeah, but then they're like, please, please, please. So he did, and they gave him, you know, uh, some next generation episodes to watch because he had never watched those. He'd watched the original series. Yeah, and so he started to understand what a holographic thing was. He's like, oh, I'm just going to be this automaton. Um, but what ended up happening was this pop his. his Character became so popular, they started to write in more more stories. Absolutely, for him. I mean,
1: if you see the development over the course, like even within the first two seasons, right, it went beyond just one or two appearances to like whole episodes mm-hmm. centering around him.
2: Yeah, and that, once again, we're traveling at the speed of plot, right? The doctor, well, sure, yeah. Um, but he was, uh...
1: <laughs> but I, but that's also because it was a show, <laughs>
2: right, right? Right? Yeah, they wanted to serve the audience, but I mean, you know, why not? Like, if you're stranded in the Delta Quadrant and you have no medical crew, why not, like, uh, you know, what's the word I'm thinking of? Where you, like, take parts and put them together to make a new thing. Assimilate? I don't know what it is I'm thinking of. But, like, I'm thinking, like, a uh, boy, those words really losing. Manufacturer? <laughs> so you have a thing, and then you hack it, and you hack it, and you hack it, to like, keep it. I don't know, like the Millennium Falcon or something. Okay, I yeah. don't know what I'm talking about.
1: You're doing iterations. And yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: Absent the original programming. Like right. if you <laughs> take this application out into space and they're like, oh, well, it needs to do this now. Like, um, yeah, because okay.
1: no no one on the ship also, at least that I remember, had also been part of the development of the EMH. No, either. no. And they, These were all people that were looking at it from a like p- completely fresh set of eyes right
2: and and it was serving a case that nobody predicted would happen
1: (laughs) yeah so let's let's write the use story right the the use cases yeah uh let's see uh stranded yeah in a quadrant never explored by by your your federation before no
2: medical team
1: no medical team uh have to run continuously yeah for who knows how long because you also don't know how far away from earth you are. Right.
2: And also you're extremely popular with the viewing audience, so they want to get you in more. They want to get
1: you in more. Yeah,
2: right. and yeah. that's that's when the when an upgrade occurred with the holographic emitter. The emitter,
1: right. Yeah. The mobile
2: holographic right, emitter. Right, cuz
1: then he could leave sickbay. Yeah. Which was huge. Huge. I remember that 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 watching that episode and I watched it like in real time.
2: Mhm. Yeah, same.
1: I remember watching that just like holy cow.
2: Well, you can't lose with an episode with Ed Bagley Jr. and Sarah Silverman. I mean, come on. Yeah.
1: Like seriously.
2: Yeah. And it was all that had some, like the time travel yeah. stuff. He, he was a Ed Bagley Jr. tech genius, but turns out he stole a bunch he of tech from everything. a wrecked time yeah. trip. Time time ship. So he was afraid he was thinking Voyager wanted to steal it back. Yep. So he just never like could get on the same page with them. They ended up having to kill him. But yeah. uh kind of you know, put him in sick bay. <laughs> But yeah, he had developed this mobile emitter based on 29th century technology.
1: Yep. It's pretty slick. It's pretty awesome. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, that, talk about like, because even up to that point, you know, we've talked a little bit about the holodeck and that kind of stuff. Like, it was mind blowing what they were able to do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And for the EMH then to be the next stage of that, where he's able to interact with people, learn, mm-hmm. call back on. Countless gigaquads of code, <laughs> yeah. and and also be led by the Hippocratic Oath, yeah. To then the next step of that being able to leave the the only part of the ship where he was equipped, right? Like that's pretty amazing,
2: right? And this this device he used to wear on his arm, his upper arm. And I remember seeing that, like yep. triangular. Constructed of a polydeutonic alloy. Of course. Right. The size of a human palm. And also could be used as a battery.
1: Also could be used as a battery. Yeah.
2: As as could be the tricorder and other things that we've talked about.
1: So he was able to leave, not only leave sickbay, mm-hmm. but he could leave the ship yeah. with that on, right? Yeah.
2: And I think he had like a range of... Um, the no, wait. That's Mark II. They could be from solid to intangible.
1: Yeah. Um, but he was still able to leave Voyager. Yeah. So, like, I could have almost have made the initial leap of, well, we could just, we could write the plot so that he could, like, we we could have emitters all through the ship. Mm-hmm. Right.
2: I think, I think they did that on other ships. Like, they I think had they and, emitters yeah emitters yeah. around the ships.
1: Yeah, but um and in fact one that i'm going to go to here before we're done today uh-huh. um and talking about sort of these other hologram usages yeah but, um but to like leave the ship entirely
2: right that's huge
1: that's huge
2: yeah and he was also he he updated his own holo matrix oftentimes yeah um mainly to you know have a romance here and there
1: mm, you know guy's got to. Have a little action, right? Yeah,
2: yeah. And and he had a son <laughs> at one point, I think.
1: Yeah, that one was, was like, complicated. I'm I'm not really ready to go there right yeah, now.
2: Yeah. I mean, as as much as we we're talking about science fiction, that felt pre- preposterous, maybe. It
1: did feel that way. Yeah. It felt like I I yeah. I, I <laughs> But he I, he I had a hard time coming up with where they could retcon that <laughs> into something that was feasible. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> well, he did. He did make some of his own improvements, and then sure. like one of the most th- things that annoyed him the most was people would leave the room and not deactivate him.
1: Oh yeah, that's right. Because, he was like, "Please deactivate me before you leave." <laughs> yeah, that kind of thing, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah, he was eventually able to to turn himself off um, by giving. I have the command here: override command one EMH Alpha and program. So he could wow. Then call it a day.
1: He could just say, "That's it. I'm done." Yeah, uh, well, <laughs> I mean, kind of nice if I could do that from time to time. Yeah, right.
2: <laughs> oh boy, yes. <laughs> but he was. If there was a ship-wide red alert, he would automatically. Because
1: tell. he yeah. was like, he was he was part of the ship too. Yeah. yeah. So he was he was aware of what was going on. He was able to 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 get the you know the plug in. Mm-hmm. He had the plug in to the communication yeah. system, so that he knew sort of. When things were were starting to go sideways or whatever, yeah, he could be ready and be aware of what right. was needed.
2: Well, because you know, in his personality too, he did have Tess helping him out with his for a little bit interpersonal. And then,
1: and then he had Paris, right, for a little bit too. Well, yeah,
2: he was he was a uh, train being trained as a medical person because they had, they couldn't put all their eggs in the doctor's basket.
1: I wouldn't have put all my eggs in the doctor's basket. <laughs> no. <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> But he did. He did end up trying to teach Seven of Nine to be more human, which was kind of funny.
1: Which is kind of funny since he's a hologram, right? Yeah. <laughs> he, but he,
2: he had enough lessons from, you know, from Tess to be like, "Oh, I, this Borg doesn't know how to be a human anymore." So I'll show her.
1: So if anyone can teach a Borg to be more human, then <laughs> it's, it's the a doctor. hologram. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Man. So, yeah, so we've thought about some use cases then, yeah, right? Yeah. We've thought about durability. My goodness. Right. It's, to,
2: yeah, it's supposed to be short term, very short term.
1: Man, just blow completely past the original <laughs> estimate. Yeah.
2: Well, and they did um, have a Mark II.
1: Voyager never did, right? It was just, uh, it was, was it just always Mark uh, I? One?
2: Mm-mm. I think at some point, I know the doctor ran into it because of this interview. I know Andy Dick played the Mark II.
1: <laughs> <laughs> of course he did. <laughs> in, this, in,
2: in the interview, Robert Picardo was like, I met Andy Dick, and he first thing he said to me was, like, Your name's Picardo, just like Picard, ha, ha ha. And he's like, How can you make fun of me with a name like Andy Dick? <laughs> <laughs> So after that. So there
1: might have been a little bit of his own personality built into this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> he he was saying
2: about how like he he was sort of not typecast but commonly played characters that were hard to love but lovable.
1: I've seen him in a few of those. Yeah. In fact, I think he was in Santa Claus the movie as the bad guy toy maker.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. Which was just full of 80s <laughs> amazingness. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Is this the Santa Claus?
1: No, no, that was that's you're thinking of 10 Tim Allen. Yeah, this was Santa Claus the movie. It was like 1985, 86. Oh, I missed that one. Oh, Jenny, it's available on streaming usually around Christmas time. <laughs> uh, last time I saw it was on Netflix, um, so I don't know. I don't want to offend you, but you know it's on Netflix. That's
2: fine. I love Netflix. Okay, what, you're, what Just, are you accusing me of, Jeff?
1: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Was I was I being a cute story? <laughs> a little bit. Okay. Well, I I I let I, him die
2: by Netflix.
1: <laughs> I take it back then. Okay, fine. I take it all back.
2: <laughs> Forgiven. Thank you. You betcha.
1: Um, you don't have to see it.
2: Okay. <laughs> Thanks.
1: <laughs> In yeah. fact, yeah, just don't. Yeah. It's really bad. Hmm. It, not yeah. so
2: bad. It's good. It just stays in the bad toilet. It just
1: stays in the bad toilet. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I. Uh, yeah. I would rather not sully your opinion. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Look, if I never watch another Christmas movie, it will be too soon.
1: Ooh. Uh, There's some that I have to watch. Yeah. There, I mean, there is for me because I'm a I'm an old softy when it comes to Christmas. But
2: what's your number one? If you had to pick one.
1: If I can only pick one movie to watch yeah. every Christmas. Christmas Vacation.
2: Yeah. <laughs> asked and answered that's I would I couldn't come up with a better one that's for sure
1: that's I mean every year in fact multiple times during Christmas I usually watch it yeah yeah Yeah, I just I just do and that's who you get with me so (laughs) Come at me. Be thee warned. <laughs> That's right. <laughs>
2: I'm going to be saying the shitter's full from November 1st to December 31st.
1: And and if you see me twice in the day, I'll say it twice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Absolutely.
2: I've been through seven several Christmas seasons with the HF, I can recall. Yeah. I vouch.
1: Yeah, you can. It's, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not hiding it, folks. This, <laughs> is, this is authentic here. Yeah. So. Well what else do you want to say about um our uh, our EMH?
2: Um well that that about wraps it up. I mean, you know, the the power of the amount of data plus the programming abilities with AI and getting it to become a thing that learns and guide it is guided by you know what our doctors are guided by. Yeah, uh, I mean it's an incredible accomplishment. Yeah, and would be re- miraculous to have, especially now. Yeah,
1: it, it, to think about how predictive at times Star Trek is. Mm-hmm. You know i I just know it's going to happen. Yeah, and and I just can't wait. Like I right, you know, like. Well because ima- it won't even be great probably at first, but just to know that it can be developed is just yeah, man, it's so encouraging,
2: well, and if you think about like when this pandemic broke out, and had you had holographic doctors in a triage setting, like how many of our healthcare workers would have been spared, yeah. you know getting the disease or dying or or just becoming completely overwhelmed yeah. by the amount of care and Risk that they were at and how afraid everybody was. Yeah. I mean, I that fear probably still exists, but we've sort of reached kind of a level,
1: yeah. And, with and I it. Think, I think you're right on with that. And you know, it's there were so many stories, even just early March, April, of, of folks just reaching the end of their line and mm-hmm. just yeah,
2: yeah. Well, physician well being is a real problem. Yep. And. (laughs) Doctor, heal thyself, right? Right. Well, (laughs) you know, you combine, you know, a group of overachievers with, with the, you know, traditionally seeing is seeing, reaching out for psychological help and emotional help. Yep. As a, a stain, you know, a taboo really to ask for mental health assistance. Mm. You know, you just have a recipe for suicide and, uh, it's it's terrible and preventable, but it, it's going to take a real culture change. Yep. And a lot of the times, especially those who are learning to be doctors or uh, doctors in training, um, to be able to have the, you know, the support of an EMH, you know, to reduce risks for patients, reduce risks for the healthcare protect practitioners. Yep. You know, and just. You know, somebody who was infallible on that Hippocratic oath as well. You know, I mean, it could go a whole bunch of different ethical directions, I think, depending on the context or whatever. But uh, just having that front line support in a mass emergency that we were totally unprepared for. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Just <clears throat> yeah. And just thinking, too, of what you had said earlier about the underserved areas mm-hmm. too. like just being able to deploy quickly and be able to to head it off. Yeah, head it
2: off at the pass.
1: Yeah, yeah, head it off at the pass. Another (laughs) cliches brought to you by. (laughs) You've heard this one before, right? Yeah. Well, um, I think we should do two ratings. Mm
2: -hmm. What did you want to talk a little bit? I mean, they they did transition the EMH into the E.
1: They did E C H the E C H, which set the stage for one of the series that we've talked about. Picard. Picard, which just continues. I mean, I've just rewatching it. Uh-huh. It's just amazing right. writing what they're doing with that. Um but yeah, the ECH, Jenny. Uh the emergency command hologram. It was not originally designed. No. That was part of his learning and adaptation. Yeah. Um, and some nice hackery by the crew and, yeah. and um as He well. advocated
2: for it too, I think. He did.
1: And, and I and think for good reason. I mean, you think about it's written pretty often in Star Trek, not like every episode or anything, but where there's that reminder of like, if the captain is unfit, then mm-hmm. the the chief medical officer can declare them unfit right. to, to command. Yeah. And um, in the ways that ECH was used, um, it was often because... Janeway wasn't able to to be there uh-huh. because she was either doing something else, yeah, <laughs> like becoming a Borg or you know <laughs> <laughs> um or or just incapacitated, yeah, and um I really liked what I'd read a little bit about you know the that sort of original transition between going from e m h to e c h in there mm-hmm. um it was again a short term type of thing right but it was programmed with 2 million tactical subroutines
2: oh wow that that'd cover a lot
1: i mean just thinking about like when you say evasive maneuvers right yeah <laughs> <laughs> which one yeah well, sometimes they name it like right yeah there's yeah. like there's like alpha 1 or yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Delta Charlie 3. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, 2 million tactical subroutines. Right. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot of knowledge. Yeah. Like, I'm going to drop some knowledge right now. Bam. <laughs> I could drive this ship anywhere I want to. Right. Right. <laughs> um, the ECH did outrank an ensign. hmm It never really would outrank the captain. Right. But it could be a duty officer. Yeah. In, in essence, so you could t- you could take the con, it could mm-hmm. it could lead in a in a shift if it had to that sort of yeah. thing, in there. Um, it's like sorry <laughs> again. <laughs> oh, oh man, I think about uh, I think about that that command structure on on Voyager. It's like you had Janeway with the bun of steel, yeah, you know, and you had Chakotay, um, and then somewhere in that mix, like Paris, still outranked folks. And then Tuvok was there. Yeah, I think and Kim, Tuvok was Kim was ensign forever. Ens, ensign Kim. So like the ECH would have outranked ensign Kim, even yeah. though he had started off on the ship, right? As part of the original crew, he still was like, "Nope, sorry, sit down, boy. You're gonna, <laughs> yeah, just sit back there over at Op still. You're gonna be doing that." <laughs> poor ensign Kim. It was kind of the poor ensign Kim thing, you know, like he. he... <laughs> 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 he he, kind of had his spot and that was it. He never really got to do yeah. too much outside of that realm. Um, so I think what was really cool was thinking about the fact that you had already this sort of overwhelming bedside manner, mm-hmm. <laughs> for lack of a better term, that was not quite gentle. Mm-hmm. You mix that into now a command position right it could have really gone sideways yeah but it never did
2: well yeah at that point he was pretty much matured i think he had matured quite a bit yeah knew the the crew trusted him yeah had helped him become beyond his programming
1: so yeah and i think about at that point in time he had already so he had already well surpassed the 62 hour <laughs> or yeah the, you know or the 1500 hour yeah uh, limit and had had evolved and learned and adapted and matured mm-hmm. into something that could also take command right and take it seriously and yeah. and like it wasn't just a big it wasn't just a big you know sideways dumpster fire right like <laughs> you know it, it actually became where he was the right person for the job, which yeah. I thought was really interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, you wouldn't have ever really imagined that. So um, I think what we got with the ECH was that ability to to take the story in a couple of different ways that they hadn't originally been able to. It, they said just a, an emergency replacement for Janeway, but it mm-hmm. ended up being a little bit even more than that. Yeah. Um, the original thing was the non-corporeal... Trionic based Komar species. Okay. Yeah, which was just wackadoo. Like <laughs> <laughs> that was not that was not something that. Um, frankly, I don't think anyone would have. I when I was first saw that come into the series, I was like, I don't even know what we're talking about here. Like this is yeah. something that was just not uh, a part of the normal way that they even had written Star Trek at that point, because it, it was just this like so completely. Just bizarre, wacky kind of thing. Um, so it said they could take the form of anything, right? They could take on any form. Right. So he was the only person that they could trust because he could take his own form. And that was, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, and they couldn't take his form because he wasn't organic. Mm-hmm. So he was the only person for the job right. at that point. It was just amazing. Yeah. Um, to think about it. That sort of nature that 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 you would have um, taken this hologram with a lot of brains behind it, mm-hmm. <laughs> but then to be in into that situation, obviously at the speed of plot, that would cause that to be the only person on board that you could trust. Put them all, re- put all the rest of them in medical stasis at that point, right? Like, you know, like yeah, it was just awesome. Um, They said that he would act as a failsafe, but then he ended up actually taking command, yeah when he had to yeah. in there so it was it was pretty cool stuff um I think the design of it was you know instead of the the blue medical <laughs> sort of teal blue thing that they had for him mm-hmm. he went to the red right the red uniform instead in there for this command stuff um I was okay with that change personally. Yeah. <laughs> I I you know, I think that that would have been fine either way. Yeah. Um but use cases of where this would have been important, like now it it had already gotten to the point where he could leave sick bay, so now he could just be mm-hmm. wherever he needed to be. Right. Um I would have been interested to see if they ever would have had him lead like an away team as the ECH. Ooh. Because he never did. Like he was no. always just doing that on the ship.
2: Well then, I mean, the captain didn't generally go on the way teams at that point.
1: Right. And it could have been a way to keep maybe Janeway from,
2: uh, yeah, <laughs>
1: a, you know, like a second layer of having her not have to be necessarily in, in harm's way. Right. Because there was a couple times where she like even got whisked off and like amnesiaed. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Which yeah. I don't know was a verb, but I just made it a verb. So just it take works. that, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to amnesia you. Yeah. Period. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it, it, there were those situations where she she might have been able to been spared from that too. Yeah. In there. Yep. Um, bypassing that and and also what he was able to glean from, uh, I think it was also not just the programming of the subroutines, but um the the library computer with all the histories of mm-hmm. of the different you know uh, different command uh, personnel uh, not just on Voyager but for Starfleet it was pretty cool yeah to be able to access that kind of experience to be the ECH in right. there you know <laughs> yeah um, totally I can't think of any um, major because it was, it was, he was a lot less used than the EMH but yeah but where I was going to go was thinking about in the Picard series you've taken now this idea of the EMH which was Mind blowing when the series first came out, yeah. Um, and then the ECH as a natural sort of uh development from that. And then with Picard, you've got all these other holograms that aren't even necessarily like command level, yeah. holograms or
2: emergency or for emergency. That like
1: you had the uh, you had the hospitality <laughs> hologram, the HH, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just making sure the library looked good and that that rug was vacuumed and yeah. got a fresh. Bottle of wine over there for you, and um you know you got yeah. your your scented candles over in the corner <laughs> <laughs> and you had the you had the tactical hologram that yeah. I think was I think he had a Scottish brogue, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, they were all based on the captain of that they ship,
1: were all too. they were all designed after the captain of the ship, they all like shared all of his every characteristic yeah. except they all just had a little bit different voice,
2: yeah, it was confusing. <laughs> Or me in the beginning.
1: Yeah, I didn't know which one was which. I thought they was. It, I thought it was just the same one, but just acting differently. Mm-hmm. And then I saw that there were two in the same scene. That like, holy cow, yeah. what's happening here? I think they eventually <laughs> had
2: like five of them in yeah. the room together.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But to think about how we could use that like today was just man, if I could have someone. Just simply, like, cook the kids' dinner. Or, or decide <laughs> what to eat. <laughs> or, yeah, Or, yeah, just come up with a menu <laughs> yeah. while I'm working so I don't have to think about coming up with the menu after I'm working. <laughs> it yeah. would have been amazing to do that because otherwise I, I just find myself at the end of the day just exhausted. Yeah. Like, brain power-wise. Yeah. And I would love to not have to spend as <laughs> much brain power <laughs> on that kind of stuff. For sure. Maybe I'm just a horrible, lazy person. But...
2: <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say that. <laughs>
1: It just feels that way at times. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean just think like, hey, could you just could you just go and do this thing while I don't do it?
0: Right. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. By the time I'm done, you know, thinking all day at work, I'm like, I just just make the decision. Just don't make, yeah. um Yeah. Yeah,
1: I don't want to think about it any longer. I'm right? done.
2: <laughs> I don't have fifty quadrillion gigaquads or whatever.
1: And that just like blew that number up even more, Jenny. <laughs> it did that? I know. I which I respect. Remember. I respect your game. Thank like, you. <laughs> that took it to another level. <laughs> Look, anything worth doing is worth overdoing, Jeff. Exactly, and I think that's what we got with the hologram. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely, that's for
1: sure. How about that for a segue? Woo. We are professionals. Yes. <laughs> At something. Yeah. I get I get paid for something. So. Oops.
2: I keep bumping this. Sorry.
1: Jenny just likes to to grab the controller over there. Mm-hmm. She just thinks <laughs> it's really fun.
2: I can't. It's with my hands. It sorry. doesn't
1: actually drive the ship. It's
2: in my blind spot. It,
1: it doesn't drive the ship. Okay. Just letting you know. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> Except for that red button. Never press the red button. Mm. <laughs> no, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All well, right. I think we have time for a break for a cookie. What do you think? Yep, sounds good. All right. Let's see here. I got... Let's call Wesley down the hall. Wesley, <laughs> it's time for our cookies, please. Obviously, at this point, we know it's going to be a fortune cookie. Yeah. Because he just doesn't have any imagination.
2: Yeah, he does. Any... He's just spending it on other things.
1: Well, he just doesn't have it for cookies. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he, he can think of ways to destroy the galaxy, but not give us a different type of cookie than a fortune cookie. Yeah. So, um, I've got mine. Okay. Okay. Morality is always defined by those in power. Hmm.
2: I don't know. I, I, yeah, I, is it?
1: If I say it's right, it is. Well,
2: the golden rule. If you make the gold, you make the rules. You make the
1: gold, you make the rules. (laughs) It's kind of how it works. (laughs) Or if you make the gold, press latinum, and you make the rules. Yeah. If are talking about the Ferengi here, um. So, yeah, you, morality is always defined by those in power. If it's, if I say it's right, then it's okay. Yeah. But but if I don't say, if I say it's wrong, you better not do it.
2: Right. And this, this, you know, if you look into the current context, right, where you have institutional racism happening and white, white people saying it doesn't exist uh, because you know that system really is built to protect white people from its own, you know, damaging.
1: Yeah, its
2: powers and so I mean, as power's the majority, the right word. yeah, as the majority, like you know, not, not to get too crazy, but like the, you know, the police are set up to defend that system of white privilege and yeah, um, so yeah, they're they're saying, well, you know, if only you would just. You know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps like I did. It's like, well, yeah. Okay, but you did absent a system of oppression against you because of your skin color. So yeah, I would I would that's a pretty cynical take on morality, but I think it is true, especially now.
1: But yeah, I think let's just unpack one part of that. Okay. Um the pick yourself up from your own bootstraps thing. Yeah. Right? That is that's like a that is like an American moral code, isn't it? Yeah. Like yep. you have to prove yourself because right. Well and you have to prove yourself by doing it yourself.
2: And not, not just that, <laughs> but you have the power to pick yeah. yourself up, you know, because I did. And, and if you
1: can't, then there's something defective with right, you. Right. There's something wrong with
2: you. <laughs> um Yeah, we could go on,
1: but Well, yeah. And that's that's a different podcast for a different day. <laughs> yeah. But but yeah, that one always that one always sticks in my craw. Yeah. You know? Because even even if we think about the themes that we've looked at with with Star Trek, mm-hmm. it wasn't pick it up from your own bootstraps, do it, was it all help yourself. Each other. It was help each other. Yeah. Even with like EMH, right? Mm-hmm. That was not to help one person. Right. Even, even with my misguided, selfish way of thinking of like having a hundred holograms do things for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> As a parent of youngsters, I understand completely.
1: Can you just go make their beds? Yeah. Just, just go make their beds and make their room not smell like like a like someone's farted in there. It'd be great.
2: <laughs> Can you teach them how to make their beds? So I don't... Yeah.
1: So yeah, so that was there's my cookie. Okay. friggy rule of acquisition. <laughs>
2: When in doubt, lie.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 man. Is there not a more Ferengi statement <laughs> than I <laughs> ever heard? When in doubt, lie.
2: Yeah, well, I mean. Okay. You can take that to another level and call it, like, fake it till you make it. <sighs> right? Which is, I mean, when you're learning something new, you have to, at some point, you have to be like, oh, I can do this. Um, and when you don't know that's true. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah okay I'm, yeah. I'm i'm following you still
2: yeah i mean and you know well i can't make this happen with the engine or it's gonna take six weeks you know
1: oh you mean like how how uh scotty and in- yeah educated Jordy a little bit <laughs> yeah. of like hey you're doing this wrong you yeah. gotta you gotta like make it so that it's impossible sounding yeah you're making it sound like this is workable like, that's not how this works around here. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I don't get yeah. the reputation of being a miracle worker by telling them that I can do it in three hours. Right. No, I can, I can, it's going to take me three weeks, and then I do it in three hours.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you just if somebody's like, "Hey, can you possibly?" and you want to be in that space, and we're like, "Yeah, I can do it." I don't know what I'm doing. That's how I got half of my job. Like, yeah, I can. <laughs> I can teach people how to use computers. Goes home, reads big book about computers. <laughs> Like... <laughs>
1: Computers for dummies.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So uh mm. yeah, that's that's part of uh, uh fake it till you make it. I think. I mean
1: that's I mean yeah, I'll say you know, I'll pull back one one of my layers, right? <laughs> um when when I was approached to first start uh leading the webinar <laughs> charge. Yeah. You know? Oh sure. Lots of experience doing that. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs>
2: Yeah. No, you just need a a good sort of
1: But I have that commanding tone when I get on the microphone.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. All oh, right. No. So
1: it went in doubt lie. Yeah. Jump I in mean, there
2: and learn it as you go.
1: So Cork would probably definitely yeah. subscribe to that. Yeah. One.
2: Is this artifact really from the... Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I have no idea, yeah. but yeah, yeah.
1: It's very valuable. Very. very. To someone.
0: Mhm. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. (laughs)
1: Probably to you if you're going to buy it from me. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) I can make it worth your while. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) By having it sound very, very authentic. Yeah. All right. So, Jenny, let's rate. Let's do some ratings here. Yeah. We got EMH. uh, EMH, our our scale of one to 10. I'd say 10. 10. 10. 10. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, we have to have that tech. Yeah. Like, tomorrow. Even
2: half of that tech, or even a quarter.
1: Yeah, like, could yeah. we just have <laughs> a little bit, a little bit of it? Please. I mean, just yeah, just be able to triage something for me. Yeah, you know,
2: yeah, a little bit, a little bit farther beyond the tricorder. Yeah, like, yeah. Let's get some AI in there. Let's
1: get some AI built. Let's have you know the ability for it to interact. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, let's yeah. have a little bit of that. Yeah. It doesn't even have to be like predictive stuff yet. Like right. just like react and be able to to call upon that ex- that that level of experience. Yeah. Yeah. Let's definitely have that tech. Yeah. Um, ECH.
2: Yeah. I mean.
1: I, I could go for an eight. I don't know if he's, if he's yeah. necessarily completely essential.
2: I think that was more about getting more Robert Picardo in the episode than it was about sure. advancing too much tech stuff. Up, I, did,
1: I did like the two million subru- tactical subroutines, yeah. though. Because, yeah. like, I couldn't keep all that straight in my head. <laughs> But having someone who does would be pretty handy. Yeah, but
0: yeah,
2: I don't find myself in a position to need tactical assistance. Uh, well, on the you regular, don't drive on Route Eight very much. That's true. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not driving anywhere pretty much these days. So yeah, well, I'm five. I I'm more about I, I'm. I
1: mean, I'm the medical totally stuff about the medical stuff. The, the yeah. medical stuff far outstrips mm-hmm. pretty much everything. Yeah, and that's and what I've loved so much about. These technologies we've looked at, you know, the tricorder, mm-hmm. the the protoplacer, yeah, you know, this with the EMH, they're mm-hmm. just amazing things. Like yeah. just,
0: yeah,
1: how much they can be used to to promote wellness yeah. and to get people to a space where they needed to be. Yeah,
2: yeah. not just patients either. Healthcare.
1: Yeah, yeah. Workers for sure. Well, all right. Cool. So we have a we have a ten for medical. You have mm-hmm. about a mm, mix. Yeah, we'll call it seven. Yeah, That's four. A-
2: I would go to seven.
1: Okay. We'll go to seven. All right. So good, but not good. like top of the scoreboard right. kind of thing, which is fine. Yeah. I, that's totally allowable. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, absolutely.
2: <laughs> making that call.
1: <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, well, I have one more piece of nugget wisdom for us here. Okay. Uh, I was talking to Grandpa Klingon the other yeah. day. He's always got something to say for me. Um, hit them hard and hit them fast. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know yes. there's there's a there's a subtlety. Is there? Not in Klingon. <laughs> <laughs> that you can find in other languages, but in that one it is very much it's it's hit
2: them hard, hit them fast.
1: Clear? It's direct. Uh-huh. It's concise. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> it applies
2: around if you're trying to influence somebody.
1: Hit them hard and hit them facts. With the facts. With the facts. Yeah. Even with the medical tech, hit them hard and hit them fast.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Grandpa, Klingon, he was, he was in a he was in a weird mood that day, so yeah. we just kind of okay. That's cool. Thanks, yeah. bud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Here's your day. rock
2: to Gino, yeah. I'm gonna back up.
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna go over here for a while yeah. and just look busy. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that'll wrap us up for them for today.
2: Yes, thank you to Ron Flack and his lovely Caratel Studios, Real Grey Records. We had the privilege to record here today.
1: Yeah, just just so so nice. Yeah, and, um, Ron's a great guy. We like him a yeah. lot, mm-hmm. and I hope he's listening.
2: And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. remember, kids. Horseplay leads to sick bay. So Horseplay stay out leads there. To
1: sick bay. Very appropriate also for EMH episode yeah, say. So.
2: Absolutely. <laughs> Keep yourself out of sick bay, guys.
1: If you like what you heard, give us a line on Facebook on our group or comment on our on our post or rate us in in wherever you listen to to podcasts. Yeah. And we appreciate it. All right. we'll talk to you next time. All right. See ya. Bye.
0: Tranquility Base here. The angle has landed.